for the quitters. Game quitters. Listen up, quitters. Game quitters. It's the Game Quitters Podcast with Camadere and Jason Wellwood. On today's show, is a university degree really worth it in 2017? We'll find out. You know, I always hated those three words. Back to school. And now, he's got a PhD in staying game free. Camadez. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of the Game Quarters Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Adair, here with Jason. Jason, what's up, man? Hey, Cam. Welcome back. It has been a long time since we've done this. We're reunited. Oh, it feels so good, doesn't it? It feels so good. And we have a really exciting episode today. We're going to first talk a little bit about Tanzania, but then we're going to dive into some stuff around university and gaming. Give us a preview of that. Yeah, for sure. So, Cam, today on the show, we are going to answer... One of the biggest questions that are facing young adults today, and that is, should I go to university? Should I even bother? Well, you may have asked this question yourself, and no matter which stage of life you might be in right now, I mean, it's already August as we're recording this, and many high school students are in that state of limbo where they're wondering, what am I going to do next, right? Uh, Maybe you're in a situation where you've applied to a few universities, and maybe you've been accepted, but... You might also be someone who's been out of school for some time. Maybe you've left high school behind but never took the jump to go to a post-secondary institution and you're debating that idea, should I go? Uh, Maybe you're even just an adult student, you know, and you're just thinking, is this right for me? Well, we've got the answers for you today. But whatever the case, the uh, purpose of this episode here is not really to change your mind about anything or convince you one way or another, but rather to just put out some of the facts behind making this life-altering decision for you, because it is such a large one, and I think you would you would agree with that. It's really no secret that university is expensive, okay? I mean, that's just the facts, especially if you live in the U.S. or Canada, for example, the costs are very high. And although financial costs are definitely a factor here, it can also be easy to forget that post-secondary studies are expensive in more ways than just the old dollar dollar, as we like to put it. There's also the time investment, the energy expenditure, and something I like to call the personal growth factor. So these are all things you want to consider, and they often end up you know, take up a bit of a back seat to the big factor at play, which is money. But all of these things are equally important. And we're going to break them down for you on the show to help you make that decision if you're in that state of limbo. But one thing we got to point out too before we get into it, Cam, is that going to university, you have to remember, can take anywhere from two to six or more years of your life. And this is most likely going to be happening in your 20s. And that's a time where there's so much potential for growth and personal and professional development, they're all at this peak stage for you at this point in your life. Uh, so you really need to ask yourself, is this investment I'm making into my life, is, is going to university worth the expenditure in all of these areas? So like I said, that's the questions we want to help you answer today on the show. And we also want to touch a bit on gaming and university because this is the Game Quitters podcast after all. It wouldn't be the same without it. I think for a lot of folks today, Uh, who may be gamers now or are trying to break that habit of gaming, university and college is kind of tempting because it's this opportunity to go and have more free time, to kind of take a break from 
okay, I don't have to jump right into the working world and the full-on responsibility. I still have to work hard, but I kind of have more time to sit back, relax, and maybe spend some time playing games. And I think you would agree again, like there's a lot of students that I know or went to school with where I saw, yeah, that's all they wanted to do aside from class was go and and game. Uh, So I think all of these things we have to kind of bring up and address. And I think we wanted to do a bit of a, a university focused episode because it's something we haven't really talked much about before. I think uh, we're going to have some great insights for you today, but be sure to stick around for the end of the episode because we're going to give you a five point self-assessment quiz that's going to help bring you one step closer to finding that path to success, whatever that means for you, whether it's going to university or just doing something else entirely. Awesome. And and I definitely know that this is a really important topic for us to talk about because the largest demographic of people in the Game Quitters community are college students. And some of those are in college, some of them have failed out of college. And so, you know, really thinking about this within the context of your current situation, how you're feeling, and what your relationship is like to gaming and technology is crucial because if you go to university but you don't have the preparation for it, you don't have the habits and, and the foundation of your life set up, you're going to go to college, you're going to spend a lot of time, you're going to spend a lot of money, and you're not going to be successful. And that's a whole other side of the conversation of of whether or not you should even go or not. But if you go, really making the most of it, instead of just gaming and kind of going through uh, your cycle, only to come out the other side where you've now failed out of class, failed a semester, got suspended from school for academic probation, and now you're even further behind. So I do think that it's super important to, to be evaluating these decisions in our life from a place of where are we currently at and, and what's really the next step to help us get to where we want to be instead of just making decisions because that's what you're supposed to do or making decisions because other people are telling you to do what you do. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure from parents to go to college. And, you know, unfortunately, not only is that from the belief that they have that you know, college is the same as, as when they went to college. It's a very different time, but also because of what that means to them as parents. And, you know, if you don't go to college, does that reflect on your parents not doing as good of a job as as maybe they were supposed to, which is all their own stuff, right? Like, none of that's even true. We talked a lot about the stories that we create in the episode with Amber Valdez last week that, you know, I think is very valuable and, and everyone should listen to it. But making these decisions from a place of intention is really what this community is all about, whether it's about college or anything else. Definitely. And all of those things you just touched on right there, Cam, we're, we're going to kind of break down and, and get into more detail with, especially when it comes to, like you said, doing things with intention, making sure if you're going to do this and this is right for you to go to a university or a college, make sure that is you're, you're putting yourself into it fully, right? You're not distracting yourself with games like you said but also another thing you brought up was the pressures from peers and parents to go and and feeling kind of like you should do it because someone else is telling you it's the right thing for you that's something we're definitely going to talk about more too because it comes up a lot and really we just got to ask that question why am i even bothering to do this am i going to just play more games am i going to escape Am I going for my personal development? What is it? And we also want to break down as well alternative options because for some, going to university or college might not even be the answer. Your strengths may lie 
in yourself, you might not need the traditional education system. We'll talk about some alternative education systems as well in the episode today. So all great things we're going to get into. We'll also bring on RJ Carter, who was with us in episode 11. He talked about going from being a consumer of content to a producer of content. RJ's got some great stories from life after university. He's one who went and decided to leave to pursue other things, and we'll hear his success as well. So that's all coming up today on the podcast. But Cam, before we get into it, I'm curious, how was the trip back from Tanzania? Because you just got back from spending a couple weeks with, like you said, Amber Valdez, and you were there for the second time now, uh, helping to build clean water wells for communities there that really, really need the help. And I mean, if you haven't checked out episode 15, please do that because Cam and Amber uh, sat down and kind of shared their story while they were there. Uh, But I just want to know, since you've returned, has anything else kind of popped up to you? Any other insights? Because I know sometimes once you've had some time to look back and reflect on such a life-changing experience like that, sometimes, you know, it kind of brings on those new insights. Anything to share about that, Cam? For anyone who donated to the Tanzania campaign, thank you so much. It really does make a difference. And, you know, when we were over there, you know, we built a well nine months ago in a village called Lupalama. And we went back to Lupalama this year. And seeing the difference in the health of the kids is very significant and it makes a very big difference and it is a very real problem that anyone who donated your money went directly to being able to support a village called Malanda get clean water this year and if you haven't listened to episode 15 of the podcast definitely go listen to that uh, because we share a lot more details about that but I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who donated I really appreciate it Malanda really appreciates it and I can't wait to share footage from when the well is officially drilled and you know, they're drinking clean water and I'll be back there next year to be able to show you that. So I just wanted to say thanks once again. You know, I really look forward to that footage as well, Cam, because I've, I actually was meaning to ask you what the process of building one of those wells is actually like. Um, cause I've, I've just been fascinated by that. I know that in the last episode too, you and Amber kind of discussed how before you arrive, digging a well consisted of the men going and really just cranking like this, you know makeshift drill and it was all done by hand and it would just take them like months and months and months just to make like you know some semblance of progress so to be able to see what you actually go out there and do uh, is really interesting do you do you have footage that kind of shows off some of that in the stuff that you took out there yeah we definitely have some footage we have some footage from last year as well um, but i mean we hire drillers and and they drill over 100 100 150 meters down to hit water so i mean it's a it's a whole operation uh, but very different than you know the villagers digging by hand which is what they've been doing for you know years and decades trying to get clean water so uh, it is a very you know real experience and, and we hire locals and we do all of that intentionally so that you know the money is going to stimulate the economy and, and helping locals there to get jobs and have work and so we're really there to build relationships and to vet and make sure that this is the projects are sustainable, but it, uh, it's a really amazing experience to be a part of. And, and yeah, just make sure you stay tuned on YouTube because we'll have lots of footage here coming up. So over in Tanzania, the culture is completely different than it is here in the, in the U.S. And, you know, the example that always really speaks to me is just the difference in, in the kids and their behavior. So there was a point where uh, we taught a leadership program to 20 students and they were all between the ages of 10 and 14, 15. And there was a point where they had to sit around for about 20 minutes while we were bringing lunch in. 
And I watched as all 20 students just sat there totally patient, you know, waiting for their food, not making a noise, not distracting anyone, not talking to anyone else, just really sitting there completely patient and, and present with what was happening in the moment. And that to me is always amazing because on my flight back from New York to San Diego, all I heard was kids screaming and throwing temper tantrums and really just losing their minds. And yet over in Tanzania, I never see that, ever. I never hear that. I don't hear kids crying or babies crying or any of it. And yet, over here, that's all that I hear. And so sometimes I think it's easy to look at other cultures, especially, you know, ones in Africa and say, you know, wow, we really need to teach them so much and they have so much to learn. But in reality, it's give and take, right? We do have so much to teach them about infrastructure and, you know, making sure they have access to clean water and medical supplies and education. And at the same time, it's so obvious that we have gone the completely wrong way when it comes to community and family and just the idea of the village kind of raising the child. And over here, we're very isolated and the impact that has on our mental health and the impact that has on our relationships and just our happiness and our ability to also just be present and not kind of be so focused on instant gratification, I think they have so much to teach us about what that is really like and, and how, to, how to do that successfully. So that's always one of the most powerful experiences for me because from a checklist standpoint, you know, the people in Tanzania, especially in the rural villages, really have very little, but yet they have so much and they're the happiest, most joyful people I've ever met in my life. And that always sticks with me. We're, there's, this actually ties in well to the episode today about going to university or finding your your path of personal development, whatever it is, because I think people forget sometimes that community can be a huge factor in that personal development. I think sometimes we get confused and think that personal development has to be this isolated, solitary thing where you're only working on yourself. But if you have a positive support community, you're more likely to find success. And I've found that. I think you found that. And if you look at, uh, let's say, like the example we were using, like uh, the village raising the child in Tanzania and here where you might have parents in your life, for example, saying, hey, you need to go to university. You need to think about your future. They might be trying to encourage you because they want the best for you, but it's different, right? Because all the focus is on you to make this big decision that will be your career focus. This will be the path of your life. But it really seems like no one's, very few people are actually trying to help you find the thing that would be best suited for you. I also think that at least when it comes to the university conversation, something I've always kind of felt is, man, I'm 29 years old now and I feel young, like really young, but I also feel like I have a wealth of experience, especially in entrepreneurship. I've been doing this for nine years. And when I think back to me at 18 years old, like I didn't know shit. I thought I knew shit. I thought I knew everything, right? And eventually that kind of starts to shift, especially in your mid-20s when you start to realize you don't know anything about anything. And it's better to just have a beginner's mindset. But at 18, I didn't know anything. And to try to make some big decision around the trajectory of my life, you know, I, I think is is asking a bit much and kind of overestimating the, the capacity of even the amount that you know yourself. Uh, when you're 18 years old, you don't know yourself very well because that takes time. It takes time to you know, be able to 
travel or put yourself in new experiences or, you know, just even develop the amount of consciousness of yourself where you're able to really look back on your life and understand the mindset that you had at the time or the perspective you had at the time and how that was influencing your behavior, right? So I, I remember, you know, sometime around 24 years old, I now had lived consciously for, you know, around four years, let's say four years, where I was able to actually tell a difference between the way I was thinking at 24 and the way I was thinking at 20. And now at 29, I'm able to, to look back at all of those as well. Like last year, what's the, what's the difference in my life and the year before. And, you know, when I was 18, it was really hard for me to really truly understand how I was thinking when I was 14 or 15 and to really be able to understand the difference in that. And if you can't, it's really hard for you to understand how you're going to be thinking in the future and to plan for it. And so I think at 18, you know, it's a big, big decision to, to try to set your life down one specific path. But I also think, and just to give a bit of a preview to the content later today, it's really about focusing on what skills can you develop and what skills are ultimately going to be valuable for your life as you go forward that give you flexibility within industry or within interests, right? And a lot of those for me have been focusing on developing my skills in marketing and sales and persuasion and public speaking and fundraising and personal leadership and improving my mindsets and improving my social circle and my network. And now, you know, all these years later, they're culminating in me having different opportunities, whether it's the opportunity to go speak or the opportunity to travel or the opportunity to have a business that's mostly online. Uh, you know, the mentors and friends that I have who support me in my life. Regardless of where my career goes, I know that I have skills that I can apply to a lot of different things and value I can bring to different organizations or companies or jobs or anything like that. And I think that there's not enough focus on what skills can you really develop that can make you a valuable asset to an organization or a company or a person. And that's what we should be focusing a lot more on, especially if you're 18 or, or the younger you are. That's even more important because it gives you more time to create those skills and those skills become assets and assets become value that you have to offer. Yeah, definitely. And you said the magic word there, Cam. You said time. In uh, On the show today, the, the, when uh, we intro the show, I said that time investment, energy expenditure, and personal growth factor were the three things we wanted to get into. And I'm glad you said what you just did because time is certainly a factor. Think about it like this, Cam. I, I have to ask you. Let's say at 18 years old, you did decide to go to a university and get a four-year degree, okay? Let's pretend that was the situation for a second. So think about it like this. In four years, and you're going to school, what, eight months out of the year, right? That's usually the traditional system, more if you decide to take summer classes. So that's a huge chunk of time. Over four years, what is that? Uh, 32 months over four years, 32 plus, depending on, like I said, how much you decide to go. If you had taken a degree 
what do you think would have happened to that time? Would you be where you are now? How do you think things would have been different? Because that is a lot of time. And I think some, someone who's standing at the gates of, okay, I'm going to go into my first year of university, sometimes that gets overlooked. How much time you're about to lose to this thing. Now, again, I do want to restate that you might not necessarily even be losing that time if it's something you want to do. But if you're not even sure this is right for you or you still feel a little confused, is that a good investment of your time? One of my for former business partners used to say it like this, where he said, you know, four-year degree, you're working basically full-time, right, on school, and at the end of it, you're coming out with, you know, a degree that maybe gets you a job for $50,000. And I believe, and, and he used to suggest this, that, you know, you give me half the amount of years and part-time, and just from going out and meeting people, you know, all day or, or half the day and networking and developing skill sets. After two years working part time, you would be able to have relationships and a network in your life that would be able to get you a job that far exceeds $50,000. And I really believe that that's true. And in my situation, I don't know what I would have really studied. School really never appealed to me in any way, shape or form. But I do think that if I was to, to go back now, I would really be looking at what's a skill that I can really master that's gonna truly bring value in the future. And that's something that I can't learn in a more efficient, productive, and, and uh, more optimized way on my own. Right, so I wouldn't be going to school to learn marketing because I can give you a list of 15 books to read and challenge you to launch a project where you know, you'll learn more about marketing by launching a fundraiser for Tanzania than you will going to school. And it's project-based learning. You have no choice but to learn. You have no choice but to learn how to improve, to share your message and learn storytelling and, you know, all these different principles that, that are so important in marketing. And so I just think that, you know, there's certain things that you can study and, and really learn in school. You know, I, I would maybe go for engineering because of the type of thinking that it teaches you, uh, the system's way of really evaluating things and, and breaking them down. You know, I think that that, not that I would be interested in being an engineer, but the way of thinking would be very interesting to me and, and the way that I could, I could apply that to life. So I think, you know, regardless of, of whether you're thinking going to university or you're not, you know, just remember it, it's about the value and, and the time and, and what you're truly learning in it. And one underrated aspect of university is the fact that it teaches you a lot about how to manage your time, how to work hard, how to really be able to follow through and, and finish things and finish projects. And with a bit more intention around that, and a bit more acknowledgement that that's an, an important aspect of college or university, I think that people could get a lot more value out of it instead of kind of doing it half-assed because they're resistant or feeling like they're doing it out of obligation instead of being there and really making the most of it. And I'll just share this final thought. There was a point in my life where I was a dishwasher at a restaurant and I killed it. I worked super hard. I was the best of the best that I could possibly be. And that's something I learned from my father was if you're gonna do something, do it right, do it all out, really work hard, doesn't matter what it is. And I think that more college students really need to be taking that sort of attitude into their life, especially if you're a part of this community regardless of what you're doing, if you're going to college or not, whether you're in a degree right now that you're not interested in or you are, whatever your situation, make sure that you're giving it your all 
because there's a lot of intangible skills that you're developing in doing so that will make you or help you be more successful as you go forward in your life, even if you decide to change paths. You really have to be sure about these things because it's like Cam said, he was a dishwasher once and he killed it. That's what I love to hear. It's like, you know, if you're going to go to school and be like, eh, I guess it's all right. I'm not really sure what I want to do. Why, why would you want to jump into something like that? I think what we need to remember is when we talk about time, it's not just this, it's not just the sun coming up and, you know, the sun going down every day. Time is a resource. You have to look at time as a resource because you only get so much of it here. And if you're going to spend four or more years studying something, make sure you're going to kill it every single day. Or what are you doing? I mean, it's like Cam said, he didn't go to university, but in that four years, Cam, look at how much you've grown in that time. I don't think you'd be sitting here today if you had done that because the time just wouldn't have been there. We all get the same amount in a day, but if you were focused on, like you said, something else, maybe an engineering degree, a marketing degree, whatever it would have been, the outcome would have been way different. So I think that all ties into another factor that we talked to talk about today, which is the energy expenditure. So you have time, you know, you only have so much of it. How are you going to divide up that time? But also with your energy, you know, I've heard some people say, well, I'm going to go to university, but I want to work on a side project at the same time. I want to have a, like an entrepreneurial pursuit of some sort. Perfectly fine to do that. But think about what's more important to you. You know, if your passion lies in this entrepreneurial thing that you're trying to create, why would you sideline that and only use half of your energy on it? Right? I mean, maybe for someone like you, if this is your situation, it would be better to just find a job that can support you so you can focus more of your energy into this thing. Now, again, this can go both ways. Maybe you're really passionate about something like engineering. University could very well be a great place to put your energy, but be mindful of where you're putting that energy because just like time, it's a resource and you only have so much in a day. You know, uh, Cam, I think you've heard, uh, you talk a lot about the miracle morning on the podcast. Now, the philosophy around that, from what I understand, is often that when you wake up in the morning, you're at your most creative peak. You, you really want to maximize that time. Think of your energy in the same way. I mean, if you've got to get up in the morning and go to university, and to you, it's kind of like an afterthought. Well, where, what happens when you have to come back and work on the thing you're really passionate about at the end of a long day? Is it going to be, are you going to be as successful in that pursuit? Is it going to take you that much longer to get where you want to be because you're doing this other thing? I think that's something we really have to think about as well. I agree. I think focus is essential. And ultimately, you know, it's, it's not, I think when it comes to university, it, it's always like, I either have to do it now or I'll never do it. And, you know, there's always an option of taking a bit of time off, traveling, you know, and, and getting more clarity on what you really want to do and, and then making that decision. And, you know, there's this idea of FOMO, especially in, in university and college, that, you know, you're going to be so far behind. And, you know, I, I ultimately think that a lot of that's just made up and it's just a fear-based mindset. And, you know, just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean you have to do it. And, I mean, my life is certainly a reflection of, you know, doing things differently. And I don't necessarily recommend that you follow the path that I took because, you know, there's been a lot of challenges that are not talked about in me going the way that I did. But I also don't regret it because it's been my path and it's been what's worked for me. And, and it's been a very conscious decision of what my personality is and what really motivates me. And, you know, most people who, you know, would stop 
uh, going to school to maybe pursue their own business, like haven't gone to all the seminars I've gone to and read all the books and surrounded themselves by all the mentors. And, you know, there's a lot of effort that I've put in day in and day out every single day, seven days a week for years. Like this is year nine for me. And I'm still like only scratching the surface of, of what we're really able to do. And so I think it, there's always more dynamics and more variables to all of these conversations. And I think that, you know, for anyone out there considering anything in life, you really want to get more clear on, you know, what are all the different dynamics and our brains and, and our society is very focused always on black and white. Yes or no. Am I doing this or am I doing that? When there's a lot more kind of sensitivity and, and there's a lot more intricacies to all of these questions and it depends on personality. It depends on the goals and the vision and where you're currently at and, you know, what opportunities you have. And, you know, there's more to the story. And so just pay attention to that, uh, because if you're if you're just ignoring a lot of these other aspects, then you're making a decision that's not fully informed. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about all the variables at play. You talk about other aspects coming in and shaping this life changing decision for each and every person listening. It's going to be a different story. And that's exactly why we created the five point assessment that we're going to give closer to the end of this episode. So you can actually take these questions that we brought up and there's exercises for each one. We're going to break that down, like I said, later in the show. But the outcome of that will be that hopefully you'll take away with that and be able to see where your interests really lie, what things might be stopping you from deciding what your path to success really is all about uh so stick around for that because that will be coming up later and like i said hopefully if you're feeling a little confused i know again deciding to go to post-secondary or not it's not an easy decision to make and it's something i advise that you take a lot of time and consideration as much as you need really there should never be a rush there should never be pressure put on you to make this big of a decision because yes the financial obligation is gigantic and we're going to talk about that in just a minute but again energy time expenditure all of these things this is your life you have to live it the way you want to live it and especially if you're in your 20s or approaching that wherever you are in life just remember that four plus years on a degree, you really, really have to be sure that this is what you want, right? Uh, now, the last thing I, I do want to talk about is just personal growth factor, which we alluded to earlier, because this ties in with time and energy. Personal growth factor, I look at that as what do you want to become? Really, there's multiple paths, Cam, like you said, multiple factors, multiple ways to get to your goal. You can do it whatever way you feel best. So I guess this is kind of like finding which way is going to maximize that growth for you. Now, for you, Cam, you talked about going to all these seminars, uh, reading lots of books about what you wanted to do, going through even just the transformation you went through as a gamer before and having that experience where you went, I need to change my life. And that kind of gave birth to Game Quitters. All of those things have played into your personal growth to become who you want to become now. There was no way you could have made a clear-cut path to get where you are today. It just doesn't work that way. But do you have any tips or advice for people who want to take one step closer to finding out how to start on the right path? You know, because again, for some people might be telling you, go to university, go to college, get the degree. That's best for you. But maybe it's not. So any tips for maximizing your personal growth? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I think that the beginning of it is if you are currently in university, there are so many opportunities in university that you can be taking advantage of that most students don't. So whether that's in mentorship or in networking or in going for semesters abroad, if I was to go back in university, I would certainly be taking advantage of any opportunity I have to travel, to work overseas, to do any of that, because you're there and, and there's so many opportunities for you. Uh, so if you're in university, I definitely you know take as much advantage of, of that institution and system as you can. Beyond that, I think just remembering that regardless of what you learn, which university is really good at, you know, focusing so much on on teaching you, you know, what you need to do or, or how you need to do it. And they very rarely forget who you need to become in order to do it. Right. So it's not like every university student is going through personal development programs and leadership programs, even though who you are is ultimately going to really influence whether or not you're able to achieve what you want to achieve in, in a job or a career in a business or any of it. And so regardless of if you're in university or not, focusing on that personal growth and personal development is essential. And you can go to seminars, you can read books, you can surround yourself by other people who are equally focused on, on really making the most of, of that experience. And I think that that's where you want to start. So, I mean, you don't even need to pay for anything. There's lots of resources online. Obviously, you're listening to this podcast, which is a huge step in the right direction. But always remembering, who do I need to become in order to accomplish the things I want to accomplish. How much courage do I need? How much discipline do I need? What kind of level of vulnerability do I need in my life? Do I have to be willing to you know, step out into the unknown? Do I have to get used to experiencing rejection and failure? Who do you need to become in order to achieve what you want to achieve? And when you start from that place and you focus on how you can develop those skills and those traits in your life, then regardless of what you learn in university from a book kind of standpoint, the traits and the leadership that you have, that's really what's going to carry you forward into your life. There's so many ways to learn and, and you're right. Sometimes you have to look beyond the, you know, the core features of a university education, which is, yeah, lectures, homework, uh, reading and note taking, like all of those things, exams. You're so right. There's so many opportunities that we don't even think about sometimes. And that actually ties into something else I wanted to ask you about, which is what I alluded to at the start of the show, alternative sources of education. And for me, what I, what I would define that as is let's look at it, at it just for a second as a black and white issue here. Okay. So you have university on one side of the fence, a more traditional system that's been around for a long time. Uh, you know, the system in which you're going to learn is very organized and structured. Uh, you don't really get a whole lot of decision in what you'll be learning. It's kind of mostly predetermined for you. And on the other side of the fence, we have the alternative methods of education. So like for me, that could be even just Google. Google is an infinite resource of knowledge and you can find anything you want on Google. But then there's also people doing online mentorships and coaching. There's classes made by professionals working in the industry you might want to be working in you know you go online to uh what's the name of that uh, site with all the courses is that udemy you go on there and you can get any course for anything any subject you want to learn and it's substantially cheaper for the usually you know i mean some of them can get pricey depending on what you're doing but compared to a, a university education 
the cost is is much different. So when you look at these two things, just because I've painted the picture as a black and white picture doesn't mean it has to be that way either. I mean, you could be a university student and enhance your education, the structured education you're getting by taking on some of these alternative sources. But I think there needs to be an understanding of, of what you want. You need to really define what it is you're going after and how you feel comfortable doing it. Again, maximizing your personal growth factor. How am I going to learn best? Do I learn well in a really structured environment? Do I learn well going out and finding what I want myself and setting up my own system of, uh, of learning? What works best for you? Really define that for yourself and think hard about it. Because if you're not the type that learns well in a structured environment, university is going to honestly and frankly be a big waste of money for you because it is very structured. That's part of the reason, personally, I didn't succeed. And I've been going to university since I was, I don't know, maybe 19 or 20. And, you know, I'll tell a quick story here because I remember the first time I got offered the chance to go was with my, my dad. I was coming back from a camping trip with him and I was sitting in the backseat of the truck. He was driving. My brother was up front. And he was talking to the two of us just saying, you know, I'm happy to help you if you want to go to university, but you have to do it this year. That was essentially the terms. It's you have to go now or if you want to go later, it, you're on your own. You're going to have to pay for it. So I felt the pressure of the parental pressure to go. And again, I want to I want to state that I know for a lot of parents, they're not trying to pressure kids because oh, we think they don't know any better or I like as a parent like they're not saying I know what's best for you and I'll decide. It's more like they're really just trying to get the best for you because they care about you and love you, right? That's my situation. That that's what I know my dad was doing, but I still don't think it's the most constructive way to go about it, to put that pressure to make such a life-changing decision. And I certainly felt the pressure. I ended up going to university. I wasted a lot of time. I took on student loans to help assist me while I was uh, in school because, quite frankly, back then I wasn't very responsible and I didn't want to work while I was in school. I was a young kid. I was, I was pretty stupid, to be honest with you. Like it's, I sh I, In hindsight, I should have took on a job because the amount of debt I have to deal with now because of that decision... It just wasn't worth it. Looking back at that now, I'm not saying, oh, it's my parents' fault. They pressured me and I made this decision. Certainly not. It's not their fault at all. But I do feel like if there had been more of an understanding around the decision and what it meant and the you know, consequences of going to university, if there maybe was a discussion around that with my parents, I might have better understood the financial burden, you know, the time I was going to be investing into this thing. And Cam, I'll tell you, I didn't even finish a degree. I still have not. And right now I'm actually in university debating, is it worth it to continue? I've been doing some part-time studies trying to figure out, you know, I have credit now that I've earned. Is it, should I finish something? Am I just wasting my time and money? And I'm at this standpoint in my life where it's like, I don't really know what to do. That's not somewhere you want to be. Trust me, if you haven't gone to university yet and you're considering it, be sure. I can't emphasize that enough. Be sure about what you're doing because I stand here now and I can tell you with monthly payments to the government to pay off a loan that are well over hundreds of dollars a month just to pay the interest, it's not a great way to live. It's not. You work hard every two weeks and a big chunk of that is just going somewhere that you never see and it sucks it really sucks but what i want to focus on is that just that aspect of like the pressure coming from outside sources to tell you to go 
if you don't feel it, if you don't honestly feel like it's right, even if, you know, someone's telling you you should, you really need to address that and pay attention to that. It's so important because this decision is huge. Uh, Cam, did you have any pressure growing up? Was someone telling you, hey, you need to go, this is what's going to make you successful? Did you face that in your time? Oh, for sure. My father especially was a huge advocate of going to college, and, and for me to not go to college was a really big deal to him. The difference was I never, and I say this with all respect to my father, but I never really gave a fuck what anyone else told me to do. And I just wasn't one of those people who was influenced by what others thought I should do, and I always just did what I thought was best for me. Now, I'm not saying that I always made the right decisions, and I certainly nowadays you know, take a lot of feedback and a lot of uh, perspective and insights from people I respect, and, and you know, we have a board of advisors for game quitters. You know, we had our call last night. We have a call every two weeks, and you know, sometimes they say good job, and sometimes they tell me that I need to get my shit together. So you know, I'm totally open to feedback, but growing up, you know, we were definitely told to go to college, and, and my brother went, my sister went, but for me, going to college was never th- something I, I ever even thought that I would ever do, never really gave a fuck, and uh, it, all, it all worked out. But I do think, you know, again, my path isn't necessarily the one that's recommended, and I think that, you know, this entire episode is really just about helping people be able to, to develop some different ways to think about it, to evaluate the decision, to be able to make the best decision you can make for yourself. And whether that's to go to college or not, to take a break, to not, to take some time off and then go, or to go now and take some time off or to leave, even though you know, you're midway through your degree or whatever it is, make that decision for yourself, but make it from a very informed place. And, and hopefully the, the resources that we share today will be able to help you do that. We do have to touch on one more topic. And I think it's kind of the elephant in the room because, yeah, this is the Game Quitters podcast here. And again, we've talked about time investment, energy, personal growth factor, all these things. They're very important in making a decision such as what your educational future is going to look like. But there's another one for those who are struggling with game addiction or trying to break their bad habits. If you're, especially if you're someone who has just recently graduated within the past couple of years and you're thinking of going to university and you game, this can be very, uh, very, very tricky situation to be in because I've been there too. And I know what that's like. I've seen friends and other students I've been in university with that spend almost all of their time gaming when they're not in school studying and you know some people pull it off like and make it seem like hey they can handle it fine and you know it's not a big deal but i assure you there's many more stories you don't hear of people dropping out just like cam said or you know doing not as good as they could be doing because they're so distracted so I think this is honesty time right here because if you're listening and you feel like there's a part of you that is interested in post-secondary post-secondary education because you know it's going to allow you more free time to be away from maybe you know maybe you've been living with your parents that's going to give you that freedom to go and be on your own and you might be thinking well think of all the games I could play or I could meet other people that game and I can just you know spend my free time gaming with them if gaming is an issue for you and it's something you want to change in your life, just be aware that uh, the university environment, uh, not going to sugarcoat it, is full of gamers, especially nowadays. And if you're trying to kind of break away from that crowd because you know it's what's right for you, 
yeah, there could be some potential triggers once you show up on campus. On the flip side, there's a lot of opportunity for social interaction, uh, probably more so than you might be experiencing now when you go to university. And there's a lot of things you can do that aren't gaming when you get to university. You can join all sorts of clubs, recreational sports teams. You can go to the gym there. You can go out for drinks uh, with you know people on the weekends. There's so many things to really do that aren't gaming. But Cam, do you have any advice, I guess, for someone who might be in this situation who might deep down on the inside know that this could be a problem for them? Well, I think you got to start with the 90-day detox. And if you're in school, great. Take a semester off gaming and see what that experience is like. If you're not in school yet, you know you can do it over the summer before school. But committing to the 90-day detox, which you can find on gamecores.com slash detox, is really, really important. And, you know, we've just seen time and time again through the research we've done with it that, you know, it, it helps you increase your time management skills. It, it really helps you be more productive. It helps you develop more sustainable habits. And all of that is what's ultimately going to help you be successful in school and in your careers. And so start with that and use it as an experiment. See what life is like without gaming for 90 days. And I bet you'll find what we found and what you know hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of other people in this community have found which is that it helped them live a life more alignment with their values and goals and the vision they have and so start there and see it as an experiment and then you know reevaluate yeah definitely and i think a big bonus to that is if you think of the structure of a university program being four months at a time let's say you took on the detox right when you started that would mean pretty much most of your first semester of school would be game free. And if you're worried about going to university and kind of getting sucked back into a place where you maybe game too much, that could be good for you because you're going to be in this new place. And if suddenly you're on the detox program, it's like, well, I can't game. What else can I do? You'll force yourself to go out and find those other opportunities. And believe me, on a university campus, they're everywhere. You just got to, you can't be afraid to just go and find them. That's the only thing. So that could certainly work great. And I'd say definitely take Cam's advice on that. Check out the 90 Day Detox on the Game Quitters website and uh, see if that could possibly work for you. Could be a great way to start. And of course, I mean, once you finish it, Cam, there's always the Beyond, you know, program as well. Like you can go and take it from step one to step two, essentially. I guess, you know, if you complete the detox and you're feeling good about it, you find you're studying well, well, that's more incentive for you to keep doing that year after year and find success. So... Uh, now, Cam, what we're going to do for the listeners at this time is break out the five-point self-assessment quiz that we talked about at the start of the show. And the purpose of this is essentially to help you if you feel like you're struggling with this, this, this decision. Again, should you go to university? What is your path to success? Because maybe you, again, you have external pressure or you're not sure about the financial investment or you're maybe not sure what type of learner you are. Are you a structured learner who would appreciate the university environment? Are you someone who maybe takes things into their own hands and appreciates a more entrepreneurial mindset? This is designed to kind of help you sit down for a while, think and come to those conclusions. And hopefully it helps you do that. What we recommend for it though, before we get into it here, is that when you're going over these questions, be patient. If you can't do it all in one sitting, perfectly fine. Write your answers down, save them for later, whatever you need to do. Uh, there is no time limit. You do it on your own time at your own pace, and you can do as much research and investigation into each of these five points as you'd like. So here it is, the five-point self-assessment quiz. Number one, make a list of your top five skills 
And they don't even have to be career-related. Just write what you would consider to be the five things you feel that you can do best. Now, once you have those, take as many or as few of those as you would like and dream up as many university degree titles as you'd like that match those skills that you chose. And this can be anything because you're making them up. They don't have to currently exist in a university's list of degrees. Like, if you want to put ice cream man in there, that's totally fine. You figured out what works for you. It can be anything you want it to be, no limits. Now, what you need to do is research those degree titles that you dreamt up. Whatever they are, just go onto Google and start typing these things in. So, for example, if you start to find matches for something similar that is offered at a university, like maybe you thought up... Uh, environmental architecture, for example, but then you find something called environmental engineering come up. Well, do some research on it. See if it matches close to what you kind of envisioned in your mind. Find out what you like. Find out what you don't like about that specific program. Try cross-referencing by carrying out a job search on a related career field to environmental engineering, for example. Learn as much as you can about this degree field and even take notes if you want to remember it for later. Now, if you search something up, like let's take the ice cream man example, you put a master's of ice cream service or something like that, well, likely you're not going to find a degree that covers that, but if you can't find something in your search, don't sweat it, because this just means that the thing you'd like to do or feel you have an interest in may not be offered by a university. But that certainly doesn't mean you can't create your own success around that skill set outside of the post-secondary experience. So take note of that as well. Which of your interests are offered by universities and which are not? Remember, even if you know what you'd like to pursue professionally, no one is forcing you to go to university to achieve it. There are always multiple paths to success. And because we live in the age of the alternative education, I mean, you can go online and like we said earlier, I mean, there's courses that are made by people working in the industries you might want to work in. There's so much information online to go and check out. We highly recommend that at the end of the day, you're finding the path to success that works best for you. Now, number two, ask yourself, what can I see myself accomplishing in four years if I had no responsibilities or obligations outside of focusing on just one goal? Now ask, what would I accomplish in the same amount of time in a university program? What I want you to do is make a pros and cons list and see what you end up with. Which of those two scenarios sounds more appealing to you? Ask yourself these questions and write them down. Take note. Is it going to be a university program or are you going to take things into your own hands? Maybe we could call that the more entrepreneurial mindset. Maybe it's a mix of both. Number three, now I want you to do the same as you did in question two, but from a financial standpoint. So the average cost of a four-year degree in the U.S. is around $40,000. So I really want you to ask yourself, what could I accomplish with $40,000 in that same time frame, four years or more, depending on your degree? For the purposes of this exercise, let's assume it is a four-year degree. Using one or all of your dreamt up university degrees from question number one, I want you to draft up a four-year budget. This will allow you to put money 
into the different categories. Remember, you have 40,000 to play with here. So these categories can relate to developing that skill, business, product, idea, whatever it is that you want to create relating to those degree titles you made up. So again, let's use the good old ice cream, a mastery of ice cream service degree. What would you need to create that without going to university? Where could you put $40,000 to build that business? Where could you put the money to make sure it's successful? So, of course, you're going to need a truck. You're going to need to buy stock. Maybe hire some employees eventually. Do you need to do marketing to promote your product? Where do you need to allocate the money to make that happen? And also think about the learning aspect. Where could you spend? Maybe you need to take an online course that costs a couple hundred bucks. Well, put some of the money there. Do everything you can by doing the research you need. Find out how much funding each piece of your unique vision is going to require to bring it to life. And once you've got that, Just draft up a rough financial plan. It doesn't have to be perfect. The the figures don't have to be exact. This is really just an exercise to show you where that money could go if it's not going to a university. If you come out of this exercise feeling energized and excited about the plan you have just created from both questions number two and three, then that could be a sign that you may just be cut out for entrepreneurship. And I say that because you'll know. You'll know. It's Again, it goes back to the whole black and white issue here of school, university being more structured, entrepreneurship being more up in the air. It's up to you how you carve that path. What works best for you? Figure that out. If you find you want to work on your own, you don't want the structured environment of university, we do highly recommend that doing more research into finding out what steps you need to take to become an entrepreneur would be, well, probably a good move for you. You can always go to university later. Sometimes people say, if you don't go now, you'll never go. Well, I went to university with people who were well into their 50s and it was their first time attending. And at that point in their life, they knew it was right for them. So don't limit yourself. Don't give yourself a timeline. Really think this decision and what it means to you. Number four, hypothetically speaking, say you were accepted into university. You've moved into residence on campus one week early, but you don't know anybody there and you're alone for that first week before classes start. The good news is you don't have to attend any lectures or do any classwork for that entire week. Now, what would you choose to do in this specific situation with your one full week of free time? That's what we're asking here. But be as honest with yourself as you possibly can with this exercise, because if you do, it stands to benefit you even further. Take some time to think about it if you need. If at any point in the process you find yourself thinking about the amount of gaming you could be doing and potentially fitting into your schedule, I don't want you to be too hard on yourself about that. You may be coming from a place where gaming was all you liked to do in your free time before, and that's okay. But if you want to make that positive shift for your future, realizing that you may still be prone to relapse into the excessive territory or even the compulsive gaming territory is it's an important discovery to make before you hit university for the first time. So think of this exercise as a positive. If you do realize that you feel an urge to use that time to game, that first week off before school starts, just recognize that. And now that you've recognized it, try to counteract it. Think of or even write out a list of things you could do aside from gaming, things that could replace that activity. Review your list after you've done this. Now, we alluded to this earlier in the episode. There's so many things you can do on campus, and and being there alone for the first time in a new place, it's a very real experience. And, you know, 
it's something we don't always think about when we first get to university. We're more worried about, you know, class schedules or which room we need to go to to get to our lecture or, you know, settling in or just all the technical stuff. Sometimes we don't think about the loneliness and the isolation that can come if we're not ready to face the fact that we're about to make a big change. You know, we're leaving behind a social circle that we were comfortable with maybe in our hometown or or whatever. And you're, you're going to this place where maybe nobody knows you. So you might feel a little lonely. You might want to retreat into hiding. And because of the thought of socializing in this new setting can be a bit overwhelming. I mean, it can be tough to deal with. And of course, this isn't always the case for everyone. Sometimes people feel more comfortable just going out and socializing. But Treat this scenario as just, I guess, a way to discover exactly how you would handle a situation like that. If you put yourself into that position, what would you do? What could you stand to gain from broadening your horizons by maybe putting yourself out there and meeting new people if you're not comfortable with that? Or trying new activities you wouldn't normally do. Activities that could replace the old gaming habit you had and become more of the person you'd like to be. So, If you're struggling with this question, I know it's a long one, just don't sweat it. There may be emotions, urges, or cravings to retreat to gaming, even just thinking about a scenario like this, because the change is dramatic. But I recommend you just be patient with yourself and use it as a tool to to assess if you're excited about a life in university, or maybe you're doing this because you just want an escape. One thing Cam and I can recommend is that if you feel you're going to university because you know it's going to afford you more time to game. Just rethink your priorities. Again, if you're going to go and do this, crush it. Just like Cam said he did at the dishwasher job earlier in the episode. You know, maybe you don't always love every moment of university, but if you're there and fully present and you do try to crush it, it's going to be worth every second, every penny, every ounce of energy you put into it. Now, Let's move on to the final point. Number five, is someone pressuring you to go? Now, this is perhaps the biggest factor in determining whether many high school students end up attending or not. This pressure could come from anywhere, really. It could be your family, peers, friends, siblings, teachers, guidance counselors. I mean, anybody. And while they do mean well because they want the best for you, you need to ask yourself, is this right for me? Personally, I can speak to this, and I said earlier in the episode, I had pressure from my father to go because he wanted to help us pay the bill for tuition so that we could get an education. That's a huge offer to put on the table, and pressures like this can be hard to face. I mean, having your school paid for, you know, making your friends, your family, or someone else proud by doing what you feel is expected of you, it's tempting, right? You need to ask yourself, though, again, Is this right for me? All of that stuff aside. Now, I wish I could have gone back and warned my younger self that my success would lie outside of the university environment because at the time I didn't know that. But I, you know, I gave it a real honest effort while I was there. And for many of my peers, university did work wonders for them. But as hard as I tried, I could just not find the value personally. I could not succeed in that environment. And that may go back to what we alluded to earlier about the structure of learning that exists there. For some, it works great. For some, it does not. Now, it really is a myth, though, that university is the only path to success. More and more people have been getting degrees, and especially here in North America, it's becoming more difficult to stand out for a job because of 
the amount of people going. Having a degree alone most times isn't enough anymore. I mean, you've really got to think ahead and be diligent in deciding how to achieve your career goals. Can you do that without a degree? What unique experience can you offer to an employer, a company, or, or perhaps the people that will one day join your team if you're looking to pursue an entrepreneur venture? You know, one that you start and you run. I mean, can you do that without a degree? That's the question. So again, number five, is this right for me? There are many paths to realizing your success, your value, but is it right for you? This is a huge financial, time, energy, and personal growth investment that you're making in your life. If you feel external pressures of any kind to go, note that it exists and where it's coming from. You can even write this down right now if you have some of it in your life already. Note where it's coming from. So, to wrap up this exercise and the five-point self-assessment quiz, note, where is external pressure coming from? Why do I feel it's coming my way? So, for example, is it because my parents are concerned about my well-being? Is it maybe born out of competition? I have friends or peers that are accepted to prestigious universities and I want to own up to that standard. What is it? Where is it coming from? Identify the sources and really be honest with yourself. Because after you've done that and you can see where pressures might be coming from, ask yourself one more time, is this right for me? If you need to go back and you know rewind this podcast and listen to the five points again, please do, because we really feel that this could help you come to some realizations you might not have otherwise had. It's a very, very tough decision to make, and sometimes it can feel so overwhelming. You just want to make the decision and get it over with, but when you're playing with such a huge part of your life, you have to be careful. So take this quiz, take your time with it, be honest with the answers, and see if you learn something from it. And if you do, feel free to jump on the Game Quitters forum at GameQuitters.com and let us know. What did you learn? Was it helpful to you? We're always happy to hear from you. And if you want to send a tweet to Cam or I, you're more than welcome to do that. You can find me on Twitter at JP underscore dub. Best of luck to you. Okay, Cam. So now we want to take a quick minute uh, before we wrap up the podcast to hear from a friend of the podcast. And that is RJ Carter. We had him on episode 11 going from being a consumer of content to a producer. Great episode. I recommend you check that one out. But RJ is back today because he, he felt that he had something to offer all of you. And that was his experience in university. He's actually one of the people out there that did attend post-secondary, but decided to leave the experience because it wasn't working for him. And I think that takes a lot of courage because it's a huge thing to step away from. And like Cam said at the start of the episode, being able to go to university and commit and finish, it's a hard thing to do. Now, not saying that RJ couldn't complete the task. That's not what I'm saying at all, because I'm much like RJ. I went to university and I dropped out too. I did that. But I think there comes a point in a university education where, and this could be you listening right now, where you decide, I've given it my all, but this just isn't working for me, and I need to put my energy, my time, my financial investment elsewhere. And RJ is going to break down why he decided to leave and what benefits came from that tough decision. So let's hear briefly from RJ before we wrap this thing up. 
So we'd like to welcome back at this time our good friend, RJ Carter. If you remember RJ, he was back on episode 11 with us. If you're somebody who maybe spends a lot of time browsing on the internet or playing too many video games or maybe just watching a lot of Netflix, kind of doing the binge thing, but you find that you want more you know, creative energy in your life. That's what our talk was about. And I recommend you go back to episode 11 and listen to that because there's a lot of great tips on how you can make that shift yourself, that transition from consumer to producer and kind of balance the scales a little bit, move you closer to living an epic life, which is what Game Quitters is really all about. So RJ, thanks for coming back on the show, first of all. Uh, Pleasure to be back on. Hey, man, we're always happy to have you here. And the, and the reason we wanted to bring you in today is because Cam and I have been discussing college and university educations and making sure it's right for you. That's what this episode has been all about. But there's another side of this, and I believe there's going to be listeners that are here with us right now that are maybe in a university program or a college program, and they've been feeling like, you know, maybe I'm not so sure about this, but they're scared of leaving the program of maybe putting that on hold and reassessing and it's like we talked about earlier in the episode sometimes pressure can come from even family friends peers Mm -hmm. and keep you locked into something that may not be right for you now like we said at the start of the episode too this is all very personal everybody's going to have a different experience for some the college and university route is the way to go because it gives you that goal that focus to work towards but it's not right for everybody. And RJ, you had an experience where you actually went, you put your time yeah. and your energy into university, but you ended up dropping out. The reason we wanted to talk to you is specifically to help those people in that situation who might be considering, like I said, putting it on hold. And we want you to know that you're not alone if you do feel that way. Uh, I, I think that there is a lot of negative stigma around, oh, you're a college dropout. Like, nobody wants to be labeled that. So, RJ, you had some insights from your story. I'd like to hear more about it and share that uh, with our listeners right now. Why don't you tell me a bit about your mindset going into university? What kind of got you started on this path? And uh, what what's the, you know, progression from you wanting to go to you deciding, nope, this is not right for me? Yeah. So, uh, first off, you know, thank you guys for having me back on. And, um kind of relating back to our last episode, like I actually kind of followed the tips. I used a planner and stuff in high school and uh, I was pretty good. I actually got into like the, um, the pretty good universities and I went to a uh, university here, uh, like the second one. And I was there for about say a month and a half too. It just did not work out, uh, various reasons. And then I kind of came back, got a job and went back to community college, try to work that out. Yeah. Trying to get those degrees and stuff like that. And uh, that didn't work. So if you don't yeah. mind me asking, what, what program were you enrolled in? Yeah, so that's interesting. When I was kind of going just to go, so I was in business school, right? I didn't want to chase the hard degrees. I thought, you know, I wasn't too much into the math and the sciences. So I actually kind of got a soft degree in uh, business. And uh, it's community college, I think I got like a technical degree. I was trying to get like, you know, those two years technicals where you can, you know, get your certificate and what have you. Um, right, kind of like a fast track to employment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so th- that didn't work out. So I actually kind of chased the route of um, uh, employment and reading books and kind of getting my own knowledge, my own education, my own, uh, you know, uh, self-interest and what have you. And so that was kind of my path. Um, and I was very much in the same situation. Like I was asking myself, like, is this a degree for me? Uh, and then especially when you put in the, the cost of cause, you know, the debt. Um, I have people, I have friends that have graduated recently and they have more debt 
you know, than, you know, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a day. Yeah, and it relates back to the quote. It's like, uh, you know, this might be true or not, but it's like life is a game and money's how you keep score. And so from that perspective, you know, if your friends have debt, but you're working at McDonald's, you're actually kind of winning because you don't have, you know, you're not in the negative. And speaking of the financial aspect, I'll, I'll stop you right there before we go ahead, because financial investment, the energy and the time investment, those are three big things when you decide to take on a post-secondary education. And since you're speaking of the financial aspect, tell me a bit about that. What, uh, when you went, how did you feel going in about the financial aspects? I think for a lot of, especially younger students, uh, and even this was true for me when I was about 18, 19, I didn't really understand how large the debt load was going to be. I, I, you know, it didn't, I just kind of thought, oh, the government wants to pay me to go to school. I, I wasn't really thinking about, yeah, but you're going to have to pay this all back with interest one day. At the moment, I was just frankly stoked to be getting a payout to go to school. Exactly. How did you feel about that situation? Did you take on a student loan or... No, I didn't take on student loan. I think I had, like, a little bit of help. But warning, warning, uh, like, usually the government they, or financial aid, they pay for your tuition, and they give you a little bit of extra money. So you actually think your mindset is like, oh, man, I'm going to finish out these four years. I'm going to get this degree. I'm going to get a great job, and I'm going to pay off this debt. It's no problem. And the interesting, too, is that every quarter, at least in my situation, and a lot of people that I knew, they actually got extra money. So I got, like, $1,000, $2,000, you know, to spend on whatever, food, shoes, clothes, and stuff. So it's a very dangerous mindset, you know, warning to kids and you got, you got to pay attention, look at your future self because you're actually in the negative when you, whenever you take out a loan. And a lot of times, you know, the dangerous part about me is the college doesn't actually care what degree you get. So you get a liberal arts degree that has no uh, value in the real world. And a little caveat here is a great channel, um, Aaron Clary, he basically talks about in this day and age, if you do your research, the only degrees that actually have their weight in gold are the hardcore STEM degrees, the engineering, the you know aerospace, the you know the degrees where you could go to another country and you could you know put out your resume without even speaking the language and be able to work there because math is universal. Hey, you know it's funny. I don't know how you keep doing this, <laughs> but seriously, every time I have you on the show, RJ, I, I hate to interrupt you. Sorry about that, but no, every time I have you on the show, you always mention somebody that you listen to or have checked out on the internet, and it's always the people I've checked out <laughs> on the internet. Aaron Clary. <laughs> I know all about Aaron Clary. I know what's up with that guy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he has great advice. I mean, his books are awesome, too. And uh, Yeah, no, he, he's very down to, like, you know, down to the point. He doesn't screw around. Like, some people find him a little harsh to take because he doesn't really care if he offends you. He just wants to tell it like it is. And in a way, I respect that. And and he's right about a lot of the degrees. You do have to be careful. I'm, I've never been one to go out and say a liberal arts, arts degree is 100% useless. I know <laughs> a guy like Clary would say that but i do agree that maybe taking something like engineering is is very you know likely to be more useful at the end of the day when it comes to seeking a career in employment but everybody's different and you know if you're taking a liberal liberal arts degree and you're listening now that doesn't mean we're crapping on you at all it doesn't because you know what you might see value in that that i'm not seeing or someone else isn't seeing and that's totally okay but the financial aspect, like you said, RJ, is very real. And yeah, a big warning. Be sure to think about that before you take something like this on. Because the great thing about the internet nowadays is a lot of that liberal arts education you could get for free on the internet if you don't want to go into debt. You know, if you don't really care about the piece of paper at the end, 
of the trail, just I advise you go online and do it that way. But yes, please continue. Yeah, you know what's interesting though is like about the liberal arts, you actually are more passionate about it when you don't have to do the homework. You don't, you're not assigned to read a certain book. Like I, like the freedom, I'm pretty sure you've experienced it, but like the freedom I have, well, like pursuing art, I could go to a library and pick out whatever book and not pick out whatever book. And I think that's the caveat of school right. is like, you know, you're not forced to do it. Like you could read whatever you want. Um, right. But let's see here. So uh, talking about the kids, so I actually stopped going to college. And from that point, this is the advice that I would give to, let's say, the listeners that, okay, like they decided that, you know, they, they don't necessarily want to pursue like engineering or the STEM degree. They kind of want to have the entrepreneurial route. And so what I actually did is that I got a job. And from that job, relating back to our, our original episode, like I started reading books, I started gaining all these skills, I uh, started writing, painting, and what have you. And the, the advice that I would give that I didn't have earlier on is that once you get a job, always apply for new jobs. Um, always look for new occupations because it was, it, was, it was so interesting what you find. I, I remember one time I saw like a, an acting degree. It was like to be an extra and they paid $1,000. And I, I was like a little bit late, but that was one of the, the things. Another one was like they had like a dating app and you could sign up and they would give you like $500. So you, you, you don't know what you're going to find. And it also relates back to uh, a skill you actually want to build up your interview skills because um, when you apply to a job and you get the interview, you know, you're, that, that's a skill as well. Like people don't really say it, but you, like, you know, a lot of people think, Oh, I'm gonna go and I'm, I'm gonna knock it out the park. But that, that's the skill as well. Like to be able to answer questions, to be able to yeah. go back to your past and see what's, you know, cause it'll, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you experienced too. Like when you answer like a hardcore sales job, they have like 45 minute interviews. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty, they do. So, you know, you got to be able to sell yourself. That's a skill. A hundred. I totally agree with that. Like, man, I mean, when I got, I, I've said before on the show that I, I got into broadcast radio, people always hear that for me and think, oh, you must have like went to school then. And I always tell them, RJ, we got the same story, buddy. I dropped out of broadcast school after one semester. I did. I, I hated the idea of paying all this money, uh, to compete with other people for a job at the end of the line because I knew that's what it was. So what I did is I dropped out and I just went to radio stations and started telling them, hey, listen, I want to try this out. I've got experience recording music and I know I can talk, but I've never done this before, straight up. But it's like you said, when you go into an interview, highlight your strengths, whatever they are. And even if you think initially, oh, well, you know, this strength I have might not even apply to the job. Find a way to make it apply to the job. Get creative. Turn your skills into something that that employer is going to want to have as a part of their team, right? And at the end of the day, I was able to get into broadcast radio for two years because I just decided, hey, I'll work on those interview skills. I'll work on selling myself and I'm not going to be scared. And it's it's just like you said, I 100% agree. You can always apply for new jobs. Like even if you get a start working at a liquor store, which is honestly what I was doing before I got into radio, you can always work your way up from there because you're giving yourself that financial backbone and the time, you know, to go and find something better. It's harder to do that when you're say, you know, not working or in student debt, right? Because there's that pressure of, you know, every day you spend is more money lost, right? Exactly. And and it's a beautiful thing you said too, because there's a a radio personality, Charlemagne, the guy, he's on the breakfast breakfast club, and he had the exact same story. He like he was actually on a radio, and then he went to school, and he was like, "Wait a minute, I could just learn this at my radio job. Why am I going to school?" Like you know, and he actually gained the experience there. He never went to the degree, and you know, he's 
they're pretty successful in his right and um yeah, yeah. like uh sorry yeah get you back on track here too i i, I really appreciate your insights rj because it's been great so far we've kind of addressed that financial aspect and before you get ahead too i wanted to ask you one more question on what you were just talking about which is like yeah okay i'm i'm working towards the job i want by like taking small steps at a time i'm giving myself the support i would say that fits in with the second theme on our episode today which was not just the financial investment but the energy investment as well because think about taking a four-year degree for example that's a lot of your energy every day spent on studying and going to class and you only have so much energy in a day and creative energy to become maybe if you're more attuned to that entrepreneurial side which is something you yourself said how did you find that coming out of the college program and focusing how did that shift your energy did you find you had a lot more to devote when you were out of college or what was the difference for you yeah there's a there's a lot more freedom um but i would argue that you actually do gain way more creative uh, realities and aspects, you know, I don't like if you were to read a book about, um, let's say, for example, a good book I like to recommend is The 48 Laws of Power. And, you know, when you read that book, it changes your mindset and it changes your perspective. And it kind of relating back to what we were saying earlier, if you have a job and you keep applying for new ones, you end up in a totally different environment and situation in reality than what you would have, you know, simply going to college for four years with a degree that's so predictable. So, it adds a little bit of uh, of radical lifestyle. I think like Cam, like he's you know he's he's going to Africa. Like I'm pretty sure he didn't imagine doing that. You know, uh, he lives in San Diego and stuff like that. So yeah, um, and that's again what the premise of the episode was around was making sure what you're doing, even if it is going to university, is what is right for you. You know, because we're not saying don't go to university. I want to I want to state that again because for you. You might find that the university degree is exactly what you want to focus on and it's exactly what you need to get to where you want to go. What we're advising against is just blindly jumping in and hoping it's going to work out or doing it for reasons like we alluded to earlier, like I just want more time to game or escape. If you're using university as an escape, we need to remind you that, yeah, it's a huge financial escape. It's not just free time that someone's going to give to you. You're paying for that time. And not only that, going back to the energy yeah you still have to go to class even if you're using university as an escape from quote unquote like the real world it's a huge investment of your energy still and you need to take that into account so i guess i'll ask you this hypothetically if you could look back and decide okay let's say your two-year you know community college program that's two years spent studying material that's already predetermined for you by the instructors by the university right they tell you this Mm -hmm. is what you need to study here's the material you need to read here's the assignments you do if you could choose between doing that for two years or having that two years to devote to maybe your passion of creating content what would you rather do oh creating content for sure of course and the question's an easy answer because you know that's your focus. And we want to be able to find that focus for the listener, for you listening right now, whatever that is for you. Think about that question. Where would I rather put my energy? Two to four years in a school or two to four years doing something that maybe the school cannot provide? Exactly. Unfortunately, we, we do have to wrap up with you because it's been a long episode already. But I love having you on the show. And of course, if we get another chance to maybe talk in depth about this, I'd absolutely love to. But before I do let you go, I want to summarize your story. I want to hear what you learned from 
you know, the, the older you, when you look back and go, okay, I, I decided university was for me. What was it that started you on that path? Just kind of summarize it for the audience here. Why did you decide to go? What did you learn coming out of it? You know, now that you're here, can you give us any insights or, or just final pieces of advice to, to look at that whole journey of yours and kind of reassure those who may be feeling maybe college or university isn't right for me? Yeah, so I was a pretty good student, but it got to a point, I think um, it relates back to uh, like video games and other addictions that I was just wasn't able to complete college. And that was okay for me because later on, I ended up finding more skills and benefits from not going to school. But uh, when, when I stopped going, you know, I got a job and I actually gained way more skills than what my, my friends or colleagues did. Because when you enter the real world, you're in the trenches, you're in war, you're dealing with either customers or job requirements or, you know, you know, everything, the whole nine, and then you get bills and what have you. But at the same time, you're growing your skills, you're growing your uh, abilities to deal with situations, abilities to deal with uh, people and um, different circumstances. So it grow. I would argue it grows you even more to be out in the world, be out in the war and the trenches and fighting those battles from day to day. And uh, kind of like relaying back to our themes, I would love to recommend some two books to people that are kind of straight away and decided, okay, I don't want a degree, it's too much financial investment, too much energy. I want to get out into the real world, be entrepreneur, or just simply have more freedom. I recommend two books, The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene, and So Good They Can't, They Cannot Ignore You. Um, these two books, no matter what your situation, you know, they'll propel you for you know, a higher level of learning, uh, you know, provide growth to whatever situation you're in. And uh, changing, coming back to consumer producer, I would argue be a creative consumer. You know, change your perspective, change your reality, and just you know have a little bit more fun in life. So, at the end of it all, I, I believe to me it was beneficial to not go to college, uh, to not chase the degree the degree I wouldn't be interested in. Um, and it's it's a little bit harder, but you definitely gain a lot more experience, get a lot more understandings, and you know at the end of it all, you master yourself. So you're not always structured into that oh, I got to go to college for four years or get a degree, you know, kind of breaks your paradigm. Like what? There's other, you know, realities out there, you know, it, it breaks that paradigm, it breaks that, that, that paradigm of the mainstream way of looking at it. Just remember that even if you don't go to college or university, you're not screwed. You're not powerless. You still have just as much power, if not more to create the life you want. Like you're saying like, uh, like spending thousands of dollars, looking back, like they actually give you a loan for $20,000, like for certain situations. I'm like, dude, if I had, I would have so be traveling the world. Like, there's no question about it. I would learn so much from traveling than I would going to class every Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesday, or whatever. Yeah. It's a scary amount of money, though. You know, that's the thing. It's like, here's this pile of money. And when you're young, too, and I'm not, I'm not talking down to anybody who's younger and, and maybe getting student loans, because I did it, too. I, I put myself in a bad position because I took loans and didn't spend wisely. I didn't, I didn't know what I was I know, doing. I, I had no clue. And... Now I have to live with that very real reality that I, I make these payments every single month that, and that's my own fault, frankly, but I, it, it sucks. It may be great to get that payout for the first time. It's almost like playing a game and, and it's the first time maybe you played like World of Warcraft or something and, and you like, you know, did a raid and you got all this great loot at the end of it and you're just like totally, holy shit, that was awesome. <laughs> like you get this dopamine hit and you got you want to go do it again and again and again that money drop is dangerous if you're not yeah. prepared for it. Like the first time you see, I remember getting my first loan. It was like $6,000 in my bank account. And I went, I've never had this much money in my life. 
and you the the trick is you actually don't have any money you're still at zero because all that money's got to get paid back it's not yours yeah <laughs> and it's deceiving because you you feel kind of like powerful it's like you said shit i'd be traveling the world and i don't blame you because like you could do that no, no. no i was saying like um instead of like having like instead of the university giving you twenty thousand to like stay at their school and stuff like if they give you twenty thousand to travel and then they're like okay come back in a year and, and like give us something that you learned or something i think that would be 10 times more uh you know what i mean like 10 times more beneficial oh. sitting in yeah yeah that's a really cool idea you see that is that's incredible to me that's like that's that would be like the it sounds like that's the synergy man of like alternative learning coming together with like the traditional learning system how cool would that be if the government would set aside certain amount of money that yeah you just take and it's like okay go and learn something and then you know bring that back and that'll be a part of your education that would be really cool that's a, that's a really neat idea that's something someone should be doing right now someone should be getting to work on that you should be getting well, to work on to that today or tomorrow <laughs> well rj it's been a great talk and uh thank you for your insights on on the university experience and just what you learned from it personally because i really wanted to have this aspect of the show today to save some time for those people who may, like I said, be in the university environment and realizing that maybe they didn't make the right choice for themselves. Because it's always good to hear that on the other side of things, you know, it can be scary to decide you're going to leave or put it on hold or drop out or whatever it is that's right for you. It can be scary, right? So to hear that you've done it successfully and you've turned your life around, you're, you're pursuing the things you want, you know, you're pursuing entrepreneurship. And, and like you told me before we got on this interview, like you were, you've been pursuing some sales jobs and, and you've been having some success finding some jobs that you'd like to do. And I think, would you agree that you've been happier doing this than you were when you were studying? Yeah, of course. There's no question. Even, the, even the, like the worst days are better than, uh, you know, not having this like techniques and information. Of course. I think at the end of the day, too, knowing that you're following your focus, the one that you've decided is right for you, you know, it took you some time to find that, but you found it, and now you're happy. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, RJ, thanks again for, for coming on and talking, and uh, for all your insights. We appreciate it. Uh, well, th- once again, thank you, Cam, uh, Jason, the Game Quarters community, uh, for having me on. That was RJ Carter. Thanks again, RJ, for coming on with us and uh, being a part of the podcast to share your story. We hope that this is serving you in some way if you're struggling with this very decision at this point in your life. But before we wrap up here, Cam, uh, I just want to like clear the air for anybody who feels even still confused at this point in the episode. Because like we said at the start, this is such a big decision to make. It's not just going to happen overnight. There's going to be a lot of thought you need to put into this. Make sure you're doing the right thing. I want to throw out some stats here that I brought up. Uh, and that's basically, there was a, uh, a multi-year college and career readiness survey. This had 165,000 high school students. It was conducted by Youth Truth. And this is a San Francisco-based nonprofit uh, organization. But they found that 55% of students that they surveyed did not feel ready did not feel positive about going to college. They didn't feel ready for it at all. That's 55%. That's a pretty substantial number. So if you feel this way, don't get down on yourself. That just means you might need more time. 
and that's okay. You should not rush this decision and you're certainly not alone. Another thing I wanted to point out is that there was another study as well done by the Education Trust, which is a civil rights organization. Uh, they, they focus on promoting equality in education. Uh, basically, this survey was taken in 2013, so a couple years back. But what they found is that, according to the study, only 8% of recent graduates had taken the foundational courses they need to go to college. That's not a very big number. Uh, when you look at that, what does that say? Think of it like this, 8% took the foundational courses they knew they'd need to go to college. That means that coming out of high school, those that 8% was sure of what they wanted to do. Just looking at that, you can see it's not a very common thing in the world to have somebody, especially at such a young age, you know, 17, 18 years old, be like, hey, I've got it figured out. So if you feel confused, if you're beating yourself up a little bit because you haven't gotten it figured out, don't be so hard on yourself. Even for me personally, it took me till I was 25, 26 to realize, hey, I think I'm starting to figure it out. And I think, Cam, you might say the same thing too. It didn't just happen overnight either, right? Yeah, it takes time. You got to be patient and you have to allow things to evolve over time. So, you know, take these resources, implement them into your life, really think about it, discuss it with people who you respect and, and who you see as living the type of life that you want. And always filter any advice that you're getting from people who you know, are they doing what you want to do? Do they have experience doing what you want to do? And if not, then take their advice with a grain of salt because they haven't been there. But if they have, then definitely, you know, really take that advice to heart and, and think about it. And, and if it resonates with you, awesome. And if not, awesome. But ultimately, you have to make this choice. And just remember, if you make a choice and then in the future you want to do something different, you can always do that. I think that our society, we focus too much on you know, having to do one thing and staying in that one thing versus really allowing things to evolve over time. So, you know, just be patient, but, you know, also be decisive and, and know what is best for you and, and advocate on your own behalf. Uh, so, yeah, this is a great episode and I really appreciate all of you guys being here listening. Make sure that you subscribe so you get new episodes every Thursday. Make sure you leave a rating on iTunes or anywhere else that you can. Leave us a thumbs up or whatever that is on soundcloud and, and share this episode with someone that you think would find value in it uh, that really helps you know more people get connected into our community and and that helps us grow and and impact more people so you know send this to one person share it on social media and if you have any questions email me cam at gamequiz.com or hit me up on twitter at cameron dare and any other episodes and the show notes and everything are available on gamequiz.com so really appreciate you guys being here and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon For full-length episodes of the Game Quitters podcast, be sure to check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash gamequitters or visit us online at www.gamequitters.com.